0: And if even if the only reason uh, you added the, the a framework there is to do this stuff, then now you've just like exploded the complexity of what you were building just because you wanted like a little slidey transition. So that was that's kind of what I wanted to to stop. You know, it's like can we have these effects without bringing in all of that code?
1: Hi there and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Paul and today we're
0: very lucky to have Jake Archibald on with us. How are you doing Jake? I'm moderately okay uh, we okay. Spoke just we spoke just before the episode that we were both feeling a little bit a little bit ill so um if, if listeners can hear like any hard edit points then we've both like gone away to I don't know fraud or worse but <laughs> audio is relatively sure. easy to edit so you know people won't even realize that's happening you know.
1: We're doing well enough to hopefully give our listeners, a, you know, a nice entertaining episode, informative one on animations and some of the new announcements that are coming out with the new Google Chrome canary. Hmm. So, Jake, you are a developer advocate. Is that is that what you would summarize your title as for Google Chrome?
0: Um, Yeah, why not? They, uh, okay. So every time Google I.O. comes around, they, they send out a, a form to say, like, uh, what would you like? To, what was? What would you like your job title to be like for the videos and for the website? And every time I put like, I, I, I don't, I don't care too much about titles, so I always write something like, um, you know, adult child who writes code. And every time they say no, uh, and I settle on something like web developer, or or they just end up putting developer advocate down. But yes, I, I think kind of officially it's developer, programs engineer, or developer advocate, or something like that.
1: Gotcha. But you're still, you're still in with the code. You're still getting down and dirty.
0: Yeah. It's one of, the, uh, I mean, developer relations is, seems very different at every company. Um, but my day to day is, uh, building tools, um, uh, working on web standard stuff, feature design, but yeah, I, you know, I do podcasts like this one, videos, articles, the kind of usual stuff people, uh, associate with, uh, you know, the kind of devrel stuff.
1: Right, and as we were talking about before, Jake, yeah, I mean he has other talks like on the JavaScript event loop if you want to go check that out. He has one of those. So, um well, transitions, Jake. There's something that some people use a lot of or animations, right? Or none at all. Before we get into this, what's the difference between a transition and an animation in your mind? Like is it the 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 domain in which we're talking about the type of DOM elements we're playing with or, you know, how do you draw that fine
0: line well uh, yeah I've, i was just editing um a spec before so i've got my spec hat already on fantastic um so i'm more so you know my answer to that question would be well that it's it's how the spec defines the difference which is uh defined by the css specs where transitions is uh, going from one value to another uh, in css space uh, whereas animations are uh, a set of keyframes and, and going between between uh, the, the different values, I think to like in in reality, like outside of those spec definitions, there isn't really a difference. Um, I I suppose it's kind of that that idea of like there's a before state and an after state, and the transition is is between the two. But the transition is just a form of animation. Uh, in fact, like you're know, going to be talking about the page transition API, that is actually built on top of. CSS animations, not CSS transitions. So uh, what, what normally happens when we make features is, uh, you know, we, design a, we come up with an idea and we're going to build this thing. Uh, and then we got, we've got a perfect name to call it. We're going to call it th- this. And then someone puts a hand up and goes, oh, excuse me, there's already a feature called that. And we're like, oh, no, now we have to call it the second best name. And then, oh, no, there's nothing called that. It's, oh, the third best name then. Okay. And and we just keep going down the list until we find something that that is unique enough uh, to stand out on the platform. So a transition I'm kind of like outlining
1: in my head is it has two states, before and after. And you can kind of interpolate between these two, whereas animations, it's more like there's more possibilities. You can have multiple states, there's keyframes. And, and, you know, I guess it can lend itself to different use cases. And in in the context of page transitions, I guess it makes sense it's a transition because we're, we're going from one state to another. And, you know, as we're delving into this, what is a page transition for people who have never implemented or have been too scared, like myself, to really dive into it?
0: Yeah, so I guess it's... You've got the before state and the after state, uh, which, and those states are changed by um, messing around with the DOM in some way, changing what's there on the page. Or in the case of a traditional uh, web navigation, which uh, gets called MP- an MPA uh, site to these days, um, it's the, the actual navigation of one page to another um, represents the, the the state change. And right now, what mostly happens, or certainly the default, is you're seeing the thing before, and then you're seeing the thing after, and th- that's it. Done. Um, the DOM repaints. It just goes here. I am now. Yeah. There I am later. Yeah. You. You. There's a. You've got a green square on the screen, and you take it away, and you put it in its place. A purple circle, and what the user sees is one switching to the other uh, in the space of a frame so the idea behind a page transition is what if it wasn't just changing what if something else happened um and this is something you'll see a lot on on native apps you know that you press a button and it doesn't just switch to the next page you get some sort of uh visual transition from one to the other it could be like a fade a slide uh, or some combination uh and this is like uh, on one side it's you know it's a nice pretty thing to do but there is a usability benefit in that it shows the, the direction uh, of travel uh, in terms of the data flow. Like, you know, is this notionally a, a modal that's filled the screen or have you like switched columns uh, of data? And so even though there's it's a little delightful animation that goes along with it, it also gives you a good hint of what maybe will happen when you press the back button because uh, it tells you yeah, the, the kind of switch that just happened
1: and join the podcast consider hitting that follow button for more great episodes we're kind of like cats i guess in the sense that we follow movement um some of the examples that you gave in one of your talks with the mobile transitions when the uh slide for example moves up i mean this is a classic mobile transition you like click back right and like something slides down and goes to the previous page or so your eyes follow that as it comes down it, it it can direct your attention, and I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. As you were saying, there's like a lot of different ways that these page transitions can be useful for guiding the user in a series, a particular series of premeditated
0: thought. Yeah, so you can if a, a transition happens where the the old thing slides out to the left and new thing slides in from the right, you kind of have that notion that the that you're in a, a different column of data uh, that is a, a sibling uh, to the previous piece of data you were looking at. Whereas if the new thing slides over the top, then you kind of have that feeling well that that other thing is still there underneath you know, so yeah it's not just fancy animations it is it is a uh, there's a usability side to it as well so why has this been a problem, and why has it been scary
1: um for page transitions right because I mean there's so many libraries up for animating this and that,
0: but we're talking about pages why is that hard so it's in terms of a traditional web navigation where you click a link and you go to a different page, there is no way of doing a transition to that because we have CSS, we have JavaScript, but when you navigate to a new page, the old JavaScript is gone and there's new JavaScript there. Uh, the old CSS is gone and there's new JavaScript there. They might be very similar to what was before, but it is a, a completely fresh context. Whereas like transitions need some intermediate states where the old stuff is still there alongside the new stuff. So you can animate them together in some way. Like even a crossfade, you've got both things visible at the same time. You know, when they're at 50%, you're seeing half of one thing, half of another. Um, So it's kind of breaking the rules of a a, a regular navigation. Uh, With a single page app, you know, you can have both things around at the same time. That is code uh, you can write yourself. But you then have to deal with all of the other problems of having those two things there at the same time. Like a screen reader is going to see both of them at once. Uh, You're going to have, you know, without a transition, you might have a button there. And when it's clicked, the button goes away because you've got the new thing. But with a transition, that button's going to be there a bit longer. What happens if it gets clicked twice? You know, all of these uh, problems happen. Um, If you're transitioning from a page that's scrolled the, a thousand pixels down, and you're going to another page that's not scrolled at all. At what point do you hand the scroll position back to the the root element if, if that's where scrolling is? Uh, and all of this stuff is um, somewhat solvable if you throw enough code at it. But there's the problem. You know, you end up throwing fifty k, hundred k, and more with each animation you land. Uh, and it's and if even if the only reason uh, you added the a a framework there is to do this stuff. Then now you've just like exploded the complexity of what you were building just because you wanted like a little slidey transition. So that was, that's kind of what I wanted to, to stop, you know, it's like, can we have these effects without bringing in all of that code?
1: Do you see, I mean, this sounds like a lot of complicated interaction between just the button example, right? When do I hand over the click event listener from this tree of nodes to the other tree of nodes i mean what if you have websites that are rendering crazy things what if you have websites that i mean there's a limited capacity to the render horsepower of the dom and like do you see us running into problems of naively stepping into this transition api
0: and shooting oneself in the foot with that so the way the system is designed is we we give you an api and you say like I'm about to start a transition uh, and then the API tells you, right, cool. I've captured everything as screenshots uh, that you told me you want to animate separately. And then you do your DOM change. And then you tell the API, right, I'm done. And now it goes in and looks at new state and you create pseudo elements for everything that now is going to be independently animated and joins it together with the old stuff. Uh, so the old stuff is now just a static screenshot. So if you had like a complex SVG animation going on, that is now frozen at the the last frame that it was on. Um, so that, you know, the JavaScript that was making the animation happen or the, the CSS uh, animation that was making it happen is gone. The new stuff can still run. Uh, we give you something that feels like a screenshot that you can animate, but it's a live screenshot to the, the, the DOM underneath. And now you can animate it just as you would anything else uh with CSS with the web animation API. So yeah, if you chose to start like animating you know, uh, box shadow and border radius, like some of the things which do cause us quite a lot of paint overhead, and you're animating the 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 border image and changing all of that stuff, you'll end up with a, a slow janky transition. But the default path will be the fast path, which is you're just sliding images around, uh, and the browser is very good at moving textures around. That's that's uh, that's the kind of bread and butter of the GPU. So, yeah, we we'll, the, the idea is not to um, not to take away developers' creativity, uh, not to just make these transitions uh, a very limited set, uh, but still, like, for all the common cases, for all the cases we, we already speak about as being that the the fast and optimal paths they will be fast and optimal in, in this API as well.
1: yeah, so mostly something you don't have to worry about because there's a lot of creative optimizations done about the sequence and when JavaScript is loaded, when the screenshots are taken, and how these components interact and
0: yeah uh, the, 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 because we're using CSS animations. We're not doing anything super magic, so the usual dev tools that you would use to measure animations uh, and other performance stuff will work here as well. So you don't have to do anything different. You'll just you'll see these pseudo elements appear in the uh, the elements panel. You will see the paint, the compositing, all of that will appear in the timeline panel. So you'll be able to identify if, like, you know, if you're doing um, you know a, a border change and a, a blur at the same time and it's causing you to drop frames that will show up in, in all the same places and, and be an indication that hey maybe do something simpler uh, uh, it's surprising what you can get away with if, if your transitions are small and fast which they probably should be um, in some of my demos i've had like fairly complex things like making sure things are moving from the exact pixel to another place. Uh, and I ended up just taking a lot of that out and it created, the transition looked pretty much as good because it's, you know, as long as it's, if it's fast and things are moving the right direction, these things can be, uh, can be pretty simple and, and really light in, in terms of paint and composite. It's like the 80% rule. Is that what you're getting at a little bit? With yeah, like- I, I think so. But you know, I wouldn't, start like that. It's like, <laughs> throw, it, throw everything at it. Like make the transition you really want to make and only start like, only start dropping stuff if it turns out that it's this performance issues there. Because yeah, you might find that there's none at all and you can have exactly what you wanted. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show.
1: So, what do you think is the state of this API right now in terms of if somebody's coming from the native space and the mobile space stepping into web, what are they going to find same? what are they going to find different? What are
0: they going to find one that's not in the other so we made this API for web developers uh, that was that was the that was what I really wanted. I wanted this to be built on top of things which already existed on the web as much as possible and we just went and added a few uh extra things that that didn't exist already so things if people are coming from you know android and 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 the sort of transition uh stuff there there will be familiar elements to it like you're you're dealing with sort of captured areas that, that have gone and they're going to you know by default animate from the old position to the new position the old height to the new height um but if you want to customize it, you're going to be, you're going to be doing that not with an Android API, not with an iOS API. You're going to be using CSS animations or, or the Web Animation API. And do you feel like
1: there, like the interactivity of this API is that you can choose pre-slated transitions between pages? Like there's a fade API or fade is the default.
0: Um, the default is for the uh, the old thing to change width and height. To, from its old state to its new state and for it to transition the, the position from its old state to its new state while crossfading the uh, previous and new content. But uh, these are all uh, CSS pseudo elements, so you can just target them with CSS and do whatever you want. Uh, like We are not the first uh, browser to ship um, page transitions in some form. It was first done... In a non-standard way uh, in Internet Explorer four, uh, and that was back in nineteen ninety seven, uh, where you would drop this this meta element on your page, and you got to pick from a little menu of um, I think about twenty two or twenty three different transitions, which it was. I think it was about five different transitions, but you know each one was multiplied by from the right, from the top, from the bottom, from the um, and. We even had a our first proposal uh, API was was actually a little bit similar to that, and I wasn't happy with it because I I think we should be able to customize these things. Um, but like a like a good little boy, I wrote the article about it, and uh, I wasn't critical about it externally um, because I just want I wanted the developer reaction to be real. I didn't want to be accused accused internally of like encouraging developers to. Uh, parrot my view. Uh, and it was great. I put put out this article and said, hey, you can choose from this set of presets. And people were like, well that's rubbish. And I'm like, yes, I agree. And I was able to say this, this massive evidence um, internally and and so no, we've the, the default preset is is that crossfade. But from there you can do well you know whatever you can do in CSS. So if you want the page to spin 360 uh, while it's crossfading, that's awful, but you can do it. Why not? If you want it to flip over like a card in 3D, we've got 3D transforms. You can do it. Um, I fully expect people are going to create some awful, awful transitions with this. Uh, just like, they, you know, people can create awful, awful website designs, um, but that's what you get with full freedom. Uh, and I guess it's down to me and people with more design skill to, uh, you know, Provide guidance for what the, the you know the, the right thing to do is here, or, or you know, encourage people to make more subtle transitions and um, respect users' wishes if they prefer reduced motion uh, through the operating system suggestion, and uh, and you know, either turn transitions off or make them more subtle. I, I compare this a little bit like uh, to when Photoshop first shipped, and it had that um, you could put a lens flare with one click. Uh, on any photo and well i know i what i did was i was like well i'm putting five of those on every photo because it looks totally cool uh and yeah it took me a while to realize like oh no this is this is actually gross this is a this is an effect that i would use only in very particular circumstances we'll go through the same thing with with the transitions api and uh but yes i'll in my talks i will be encouraging subtle transitions um rather than things that are going to make people feel uh, nauseous. Spinning and fading. Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, come on, Jake. I mean, that's like your classic newspaper well, yeah,
0: The newspaper comes in, it's like... Exactly. I, even when I was saying that, I was actually picturing um, the old Batman series, which I used to watch when I was a kid, when when it would go, diddle, 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 and the Batman logo would zoom in <laughs> and out. You can do that. You can actually do that. Apart from the sound. Well, no, because you know, the transition API doesn't do the sound stuff, but you could create an audio context and do this stuff anyway. Like in fact, someone should do it. I want someone to go go and make the 1930s Batman transition API. I don't think it's the 30s, it's much later than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that sounds like a cool, a cool like way to get um tooling with this. Like I mean, honestly, because you're taking audio like an outside context and making interact with these pseudo elements as they change um, be a cool way to kind of like actually see what's
0: going on. So Chrome has uh, built in a, (laughs) okay. So when we had the API uh, in Chrome Canary, uh, I said like, here's the kind of dev tools I think we need. Uh, I think we need some way of playing these animations in slow motion or being able to like you know, look at them frame by frame because uh, especially these things are going to be fast, right? So d- debugging it, you don't want to have to go in and manually make all your animations slow every time. Uh, and then one of the engineers said, oh, we already have it. It's it's the animation panel in DevTools, and we got it for free because the animation panel is there for debugging CSS animations. we CSS animations, it just works. Like There's a little button that says, please pause the next animation. You hit that, you, you click your link, The page transition happens, but because all the animations are paused now, it doesn't ever finish. You get a little entry in the animation dev tools. You click on that and you get a scrubber and you can scrub back and forward through the transition and see where everything's going and identify which elements are maybe in the wrong place or are slightly out of time. And when you're done, you hit the play button and... uh, Let's the animation go and the, the transition completes it's like, oh excellent that's yes that's why we're using standard web stuff because we get all of this stuff for free that must have been an exciting moment in planning yeah it's odd because it's 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 why we you know the, the reason we were wanting to build on the fundamentals is because we get to use existing dev tools because we get to use existing developer knowledge and things like animation libraries and all of that sort of stuff but uh seeing it actually happen unexpectedly was like oh Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. That's that. That was the whole idea behind this. Yeah, standards and.
1: I mean, it's it feels amazing when you plug something in. It's like oh, just works. I got it for free. Absolutely. So right now, the transition API. Would you say it's alpha, experimental, beta? What What's the state?
0: Um. So right now, it is. I think what we would class as an experiment in, in Chrome. We uh, we have a origin trial. So you can use this uh, on a live site if you go through the the origin trial process, um, which I believe means that only a certain percent of your users will get it. It's there for running AB tests. It's how we um, help large companies, in particular, test the new stuff we're making, uh, so we can get good feedback on whether this is, a, you know, a good idea, or a bad idea, if it's if it has bugs or, or whatever. Um, but for like hobbyists uh, or people just want to play around with this API, there is a flag. You go into Chrome Flags and there's a document transition or something there. I'll give you a link to a, a, a doc which which has the, the full spelling of the flag you enable, uh, which is just a, um, a little drop-down menu that you, you select and then the API will be there. But yeah, we, we want to get this correct rather than fast. Um, it's it's an, It's a feature that's been close to my heart for many years. It's something I've wanted to be on the web. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I think I'd have a very sad time if we ship this and it turns out to be the, the wrong thing. So it's there for developers to play around with now, and that's what we want. Uh, you know, we we let people play around with the, the old API. They didn't like it, and they were correct in that assessment. We've got the new one there. Uh, so, yeah, it, now is the time for, like, in-depth, honest feedback, feedback, um, because we're in a position now where we can make changes to this thing like quickly. Um, I'm still playing around with the API design. We're the, one of the first features to use nested pseudo-elements. We're not the first, but I think we're the first to go three levels deep. Um, and so there's a bunch of stuff we want to pick up around making pseudo-elements easier to deal with in general. Um, but we don't really have much of a spec yet. So it's not, it's not at a stage where we would expect other browsers to implement uh cuz yeah we would need a spec before we do anything like that
1: so what would you like would you say this is you mentioned like this is close to your heart this project is this one of the more exciting projects you would say you have embarked on in the past while
0: well i mostly uh, in in my sort of standard's career i've mostly worked on low level uh stuff I, I believe in this thing called the, the extensible web manifesto which is this doc from a good few years ago that a lot of a lot of us signed up to the gist of it is that um people uh, browser engineers and people who write specs are sometimes worst well often worst placed to know um the kind of feature developers want exactly so we shouldn't ship apis that do a small one-off thing um we saw a there was a, a proposal for um CSS easing, CSS spring easing that will do like a you know boing elastic kind of easing. But it would do one particular kind of elastic easing. And it is ex- that is exactly that kind of feature that I don't think we should be shipping. Because yes, it might meet the requirements of whatever partner encouraged a, a browser to, to propose that. But if you wanted it slightly different, bad luck. You know, so I always believe, like, I I want, I want us to ship the tools for people to, you know, not just do a spring easing, but a bounce easing. Like, you know, what's the lower level primitive here? So I previously worked on things like service worker, uh, abort signals, like these kind of low level things. This is one of the first, like, fairly high level APIs I've worked on. Um, and it's the, it makes sense as a high level API because of the, if you're going from one document to another, we need that kind of high level thing that sort of outlives both like that, that passing of the screenshots from one to the other. Um, So yeah, it's kind of, it's very different. It's very visual uh, from the stuff I, I, I tend to work on. So it's been a a nice change of pace, but still again, that, that same mentality of like, we don't want to just ship, you know, three presets or whatever, or, or ship a certain kind of animation where, you know, we got feedback from, some large website that they want this kind of transition. And we gave them exactly that. And the rest of developers, sorry, you've got to have that one thing the other person wanted. So yeah, b- being able to make this fully customizable is the is why I'm excited about this project. And I mean, being fully customizable, people will come and hopefully develop their
1: own higher, higher level APIs for people who, you know, just just making it truly pluggable, I can understand being completely in the interest.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're looking along the way when we think, oh, we need a, an ability to do this. Then rather than just adding that little thing, we're, we're trying to, again, dig down and, you know, can we actually enable, can we get what we want, what we think we need, but also a lot more uh, and give developers the ability to come up with stuff that we never thought of, you know, because you know, the, the body of web developers out there is more creative than we are. Um, so an example of that was, I mentioned that the default is crossfading. Uh, crossfading two DOM elements on the web was impossible. It was just straight up impossible. And the reason for this is, well, how would you do a crossfade? Um, If the elements have transparency and you want them to crossfade, the thing that feels like it makes sense is to fade one in while you're fading the other one out. But the math doesn't add up because if you put like a 50% transparent thing on top of a 50% transparent thing, you end up with a 75% transparent thing. Whereas like if you're crossfading uh from red to green, you wouldn't expect any transparency at any point across that animation. Because it's it's starts off solid, it ends up solid. Yeah. Uh so we shipped a a different blend mode. Um we've already got mixed blend mode there, where you can do like multiply, overlay, screen, that kind of thing. Uh so we shipped a new one called Plus Lighter, um, which is a fairly well-known compositing mode uh, that does the maths differently. It's it's not like layering two things on top of each other. It gives you that ability to cross-blend from one pixel to the other. So again, this is a feature that we needed for page transitions, but we didn't just ship it for page transitions. It's now something you can do, yeah, all over the DOM.
1: Beautiful. And hopefully people will really take to this and we'll get some creative sprouts of you no know, new ways for websites to run out of that
0: oh yeah and i want to see people's like people making silly transitions with this no, maybe not necessarily for live websites but for just demos and stuff like like the batman transition you know i i i did the um i made a demo with the star wars uh, wipe transition you know when it's sort of like uh, a faded gradient mask goes from one side to the other turns out that was actually relatively easy to do um I, someone i'd i found someone else had already done that kind of transition. I was, so I just took their code and applied it to, uh, the page transition API. Cause it's, yeah, again, it's just a CSS animation and it, it all worked and it, I don't think I would enjoy it if I ever saw it on a real website, but it's nice to see that it's possible.
1: I guess the moral of the story here is if you're coming into page transitions, don't be scared. There's a yeah. lot of familiarity, There's a lot of thought put into how pluggability is handled.
0: I think, yeah, I think, what I would love to see people do is is just you know sky's the limit do some crazy stuff uh, and then come back and look at it a couple of days later and <laughs> like try and look take an independent look of like would you really want that on the website um and sometimes it's just a matter of well what if instead of three seconds long that was 300 milliseconds long um it's usually that's usually the difference
1: and I mean personally from my point of view that's always the answer Because my animations are
0: always just too sluggish. That's
1: why they look so bad.
0: Me and a few friends, we worked on a a little um, Minesweeper clone called Prox. Um, And I was on a long flight uh, and I had a a few whiskey and cokes and I decided I was going to make a little animation uh, at the start where the logo comes in uh, in some way. And, uh, you know, I had this kind of five part animation where the, the letters come in, it's all changing random. And then it, it they, each letter pops into the final letter and there's little flashes and, you know, uh, radial explosions and stuff. And I was so happy with this animation. And so I got off the plane, met up with the other developers and they just went, this is disgusting. We, we hate this. And the answer was just to like remove half of it, remove half the steps make it faster. And it was like, oh, it's actually good. It's, it's still a bit silly and gross, but it's, it's now not totally annoying. And so I, yeah, I think page transitions is gonna be the same. So Jake, before we uh, wrap up, cause we are coming
1: up on our window here, uh, I'm gonna throw in a point, which is that Jake has a good video on page transitions. He's standing with a clicker and there's beautiful slides and great bubbly sound effects and it keeps your attention. And I, it was a, it was a great video. I really recommend people go check that out. If you want to read further on the topic, uh, or watch, I guess further besides that, Jake, where else would you point people to start getting involved with this or with you, you know, following you, if there's a Twitter you want to drop,
0: uh, I'm, I'm Jaffa the cake on Twitter. Uh, my DMS are open. So, uh, always interested to hear from people. I'll, I'll give you links to, we've got this developer guide that I wrote for the feature, but also the, the GitHub repo where we're doing the the feature exploration uh, and hopefully soon the standards work. So if people want to get involved there and, you know, you can give feedback on GitHub if you want to do it in public. Um, you can DM me if you don't want it to be in public. But uh, any demos you make, please show them to me because uh, they... Uh, they're, yeah they look cool and if they're gross they make me laugh so i like that as well well jake thank you for your time thank you for
1: letting people you know get tuned into what's going on with chrome and these new page transitions and hopefully we'll get some goopy stuff just like you want
0: yeah yes yeah. please
1: awesome Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't
0: forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.